What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. You know the usual suspects that are on this podcast as well. Introducing first, we've got Callum Wiggins. Hello there. We've got Stephen Wago. With me, Wham Wham Wazzle. And we've got Robert DeFelice. Howdy, howdy. Howdy ho, everybody. We've got something that we haven't done in a long time. It's been five years since we've done one of these. And we're actually going to do it a little bit differently, too. It's going to be a top rope list, which is getting a whole new format. And it's going to be more engaging this way. It's going to make more sense to do it on a podcast this way, because it's not just me reading a list, Callum reading a list, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Uh, we're going to kind of incorporate some elements of the Mount Rushmore in with this, have a little bit more of a debate, and try to figure out our own sort of master list, essentially, of what we got going on here. I'll explain all that in a moment. First, I want to uh, set up the premise of what we're doing here, which is going to be based off of NXT TakeOver 30, which is coming up next week. I figured, you know what? It's a good time to talk about some NXT stars. We had a suggestion of a Mount Rushmore of NXT superstars. I wanted to fold that into this concept instead. And since it's TakeOver 30, why not do essentially what's kind of 30 list, but it's not a top 30, because that would be a little bit weird. It would go on forever. I don't think we would have the right people to necessarily have the great conversation when it comes to that, because once you start getting into the 20s and, you know, closer to that 30 mark, then you're really starting to scrape the barrel as far as like, why is this person number 30 instead of 28 or whatever like that? So essentially what we're doing here instead is, and this isn't going to be the norm when it comes to the top rope list. Normally top rope list is going to be like a top 10, top 20, top five, even maybe depending on the scenario. What we're going to do is we're going to do the top 10 men's superstars from the NXT of all time so far, obviously so far. Then we're going to do the women's division and then we're going to combine them both and do an overall top 10 NXT superstars so far. So 10, 10, and then another 10, even though we're using the previous 10s. And the way that this is going to work with the new setup is we're going to do something that's based off of actually John Roca's top 10 podcast. If you've checked that out from Collider and everything before, shout out to those guys. Great podcast. What they have done before, we're going to kind of adopt that model and apply it in a little way, do some tweaks, is... We're going to go around the horn here and we're going to give our number 10. And just for a random example, uh, if our, I'll give it a name that's definitely not on the list because that person's not even been in NXT. So if your number 10 was, or if my number 10 was The Undertaker and somebody had The Undertaker at number 10, number nine, number eight, something pretty close to that, I'll go ahead and I'll talk about it. Anybody else can chime in, say their kind of thoughts on why this person's on the list, and we'll kind of carry on like that. Eventually, if somebody says, you know, I had The Undertaker at number nine, then they'll just say, my number nine was The Undertaker. Okay, well, then we'll switch it around, that kind of thing. Move on. Don't need to repeat the same stuff a million times. But if somebody has that person way high up on their list to where it's a significant gap, then we're going to actually put it on hold. The way that they used to do it on their show, they, they punted. I'm thinking, hey, wrestling term. It's a rest hold, that kind of thing. And that would be the type of case where, again, say I had The Undertaker at number 10, and for instance, Wago had Undertaker at number five. Well, we're talking my number 10, three other number 10s, my number nine, three number number nines, my number eight, three number number eights, so on and so forth. That would be a big gap between that. 
and you'd kind of lose track of where that all comes about. So if I or anybody else says a name and somebody else has it, maybe like four spots or so higher up, then somebody, whoever that is, will just say, uh, put that on hold or something like that, or just wait for that one. I got to higher up, whatever kind of, you don't need to say something kind of specific. You're not ringing a buzzer. It's not a, you know, uh, family double dare, some kind of thing like that, where you have any rules. So that's how it's going to work. It's the first time we're ever trying it. So it might be a little bit of a clusterfuck. Maybe, I don't know if it is, we'll try to tweak it in some other ways in the future and see how we can make it a little bit more efficient. And if you guys really like this, do you have any ideas of how you'd like to see it changed or if you love the way that it is right now, it shouldn't change anything whatsoever, then by all means, drop a comment below. Also, make sure to drop your comments with your lists and your thoughts on our rationalizations for our lists. So by all means, keep the discussion going like that. And we are just going to, I'm going to do a whole bunch of plugs right now. I'm going to pepper them in here and there. Let's just go ahead and start this with... Um, Let's go with the men's division, and I guess we'll go in order of the way that I've got this uh, sheet that I've got written up, which is me, Callum, Rob, Wego, just because I already have that, so, you know, might as well. With this, uh, I'm going to start with my number 10 on the men, and then Callum, your number 10, Rob, etc., etc. My number 10 for the men's list is actually Keith Lee. Anybody have him higher up to where we should hold, or should I just go ahead and talk about it? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Alrighty, so I think it's very early to say Keith Lee is the 10th best guy that's ever been in NXT, but at the same time, I've had a list of about 20-something other people that I could have put on the list that might be on other people's, you know, like uh, Enzo and Cass, or um, Ricochet, or Neville, or whatever. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Keith Lee in this short amount of time frame has given me more positives that I can say than some of the other people. And I feel like he's already made his mark in a way that's really significant. He's the first double singles champion, which is always weird for me to say. He's the guy right now, one of the best in-ring performers. That's so fun. And I think he's really a representation of not only a big guy, but a guy I could see going to the main roster and being successful and being really successful in a big fish in a small pond kind of scenario. Huge, huge fan of big uh, Keith Lee. Scalin, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Andrade Cien Almas. You're good to go on my end. Yeah, you're fine on mine. I'll go to you, Wagga. Yeah, I don't care about him. <laughs> so. I went with Andrade beyond just the fact that he was a tremendous in-ring wrestler with NXT. He had the World Championship run, which I think was very successful as well. Those great matches with Johnny Gargano, Drew McIntyre, all the way up to the Alistair Black match at take that uh, takeover in whichever WrestleMania weekend that was. But I really enjoyed the overarching story of Andrade at Cien Almas's time in NXT, which is he starts off as this guy in like the suspenders and this weird hat gimmick that isn't getting over at all. He's meant to be like this big baby face from Mexico and he doesn't get over at all. I think his first match is with Ty Dillinger or something and everyone's more into yep. Ty Dillinger and the 10 thing rather than Andrade. And so over time, he just completely, he seems like he's going to be a guy that just falls into the pack. He's just going to be a middle of the road guy. 
but they give him Zelina Vega. They completely repackage him. They build a story around the fact that he's been washed up and he hasn't made the most of his unbelievable talents. And they turn that into a really, really compelling story where he becomes the guy of the entire promotion for a short period of time. And I think that was a really like fun time watching them really see that story develop and see him become a great heel champion. So, yeah, that's why I have him as one number 10. My number 10 is Tyler Breeze. Good on mind. Yep, that's fine, man. I have uh, a couple spots higher. Oh, all right. Gonna hold on that one. Then. Yeah, put a hold on that one then. Wago, you're number 10. Well, I already know we're gonna put a hold on this one because it's Adam Cole. Yeah, we're. Motherfucker, <laughs> like. <laughs> that's on hold. <laughs> put a, yeah, put a bit of a hold on that one. You know? Yeah, so... Midget's only got the 10th spot. That back to me then. Uh, maybe this is considered cheating. I don't know. I'm making my own rules up a little bit. I have the revival as a, a package act at number nine. We are holding on that one, my friend. Holding on that one. I got it much higher. Yep. The reason I have it lower is because it's, you know, uh, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to not have to do that and then you switch it around or whatever. If yeah, everybody's, shit, I didn't even think about adding tag teams. If I everybody's in agreement that it makes sense to do that, then we'll we'll keep these. I figured that'd be yeah, a good time to address it. I'm adding tag teams and stuff like that. I'm not going with All right. no, no, there, there are certain things that you just have to have as a tag team group. Like Champ and Gargano aren't a tag act, even though they've tagged together. They're singles acts, but the Revival's definitely one act you can put together. Right. Mm. All right, then, Callum, you're number nine. Pete Dunn. I got him as my eight, but I guess we can go ahead. I've yeah. got him as my ninth as well, so. I've got him as, go. as my seventh, but it's worth talking about him now. Okay, so with Pete Dunn, it was, it all starts with that NXT UK title tournament. And he's, it's obvious from the start that the entire promotion is going to be built around this guy. Because they give him, even though he doesn't win the title in the end, the whole arc of that show is he's the asshole who's beating people up he's taking shortcuts the Tyler Bate the plucky baby face wins it in the end but you know eventually it's going to go around Pete's waist they have that brilliant match in Chicago which is still one of my favorite NXT matches of all time and it just you're just off to the races from there he holds the title for well over 500 days obviously that's due to the fact that they don't really, can't really get NXT UK off the ground for a while but I just love his in-ring style I love his presence in just the shows itself, the fact that he's interweaved between being the biggest star on NXT UK and can just fit in naturally on NXT whenever he's called in to be involved in the Roderick Strong feud or win the tag team titles with Matt Riddle. I just think he's been an overall really consistent performer and will probably even grow on this list, hopefully, in the years to come. Yeah, Pete um where did everybody else have him on the list? Rob, you have him at what number? number I have him at eight. I think Greg had him at nine too. Yeah, I have him in the same position as a uh, Callum. So I have him number seven. Uh, my justification being, I have him a little bit higher up than my number eight, who I'll say in a you know minute or so. Uh, because the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? He's been great in NXT and in NXT UK, and it should be pretty valuable to say NXT UK probably wouldn't really be a thing without him, like. Tyler Bate was the first champion, but Pete Dunne's the one that took it to that next level. And to be the figurehead of an entire division and an entire subsection, the first spinoff is great. He has the great matches to go along with it. He's an interesting character, despite the fact that he doesn't have like 
a whole lot of character. Like he he's one of those guys that's charismatic without having to be on the mic a lot and everything. And even when he is, the fact that he's not charismatic is charismatic, which is really weird. So Pete Dunne's one of those few names that have come out of NXT UK where I'm like, okay, I get it. Like he is, despite his size, fantastic. He's my number seven. So we're going back to uh, to Rob at number nine. Who do you got? I've got Seth Rollins. Not on my list. Yeah, not on mine either. Not on mine. So this was, I really wish I would have asked ahead of time about the tag teams because the Revival probably would have taken a spot and changed the list up a little bit. But when I thought we were doing all singles, I went with Rollins because he was the first champion. He did set the tone for what the NXT brand should become. And I just felt like he needed to be given a spot on this list for his shaping the brand. And really, when you look at the way his career turned out, he's like one of the best success stories from NXT to the main roster. Now, I know that that's changed over the years, but I definitely think it's worth at least saying Seth Rollins helped shape NXT. The only reason I didn't put him on my list is because everything got better after he left. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the reasons why he almost missed mine is because his NXT kind of sucked compared to the NXT we would even get with, you know, Neville or Sami Zayn and guys like that. But I just really wanted him to be on the list. And Tony didn't mention the tag team issue. There's also a thing where I kind of look at NXT as like different eras, the way that comic books are, where, you know, if you pick up a Batman comic, from the original days batman's using a gun and he's justifying why he killed somebody by uh hanging them by going he's better off this way (laughs) like and you know that's like that's not batman the way that most people know him you go to another decade and batman's got robin and they're doing goofy things because it's the comic code's authority and it's sort of like well you can't have anybody like shoot anybody or any kind of uh drug references or any kind of whatever you go to a different era it's completely dark you go to another one it's whatever like I look at like the Seth Rollins NXT and then there's like the Neville NXT and then the like uh, Owens and Balor and all that NXT and then the Ciampa NXT and like that there there are differences and out of the bunch, the Rollins one is kind of the, the lowest of the bunch for me. Like, well, unless you're counting the, uh, the competition I mean, era type thing. Like, he was in that Big E era too, and like even Big E was better than Seth. Yeah, Big E was the one that beat him, right? Yeah, it was uh, Rollins, Big E, yeah. then Bo, I think. And then Bo, yeah, 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 the Bo Dallas era. Yeah. So, Wego, your number nine was Pete Dunne. Yep. So we already talked about that. So now we're back around, snaking around to my number eight, Samoa Joe. Um, you might want to put a hold on that. All right, Callum, your number eight. My number eight was Keith Lee, and we've already discussed him. Okay, there you go. Higher up than uh, than me on the list. I was like feeling kind of like, oh man, I don't know if uh, people would be down I, for Keith Lee being number ten, but I, I just see a lot of again, like the, uh, no, no, we're not going to discuss him too heavily because we've already mentioned him. But it's just I see a lot of upper ceiling in him, and I just think that he's the force of his charisma and just the matches that he has just means that he's worth more than some of the people that have been through and had longer stints on NXT. Uh, Rob, your eight was Pete Dunne. 
Yeah, and uh, I know we already talked about him, but I will say he's the only person on this list that debuted later on and still managed to find a way onto this list. Because I think he... Were the UK guys in after even guys like Adam Cole? Because I feel like Pete Dunne is one of the only modern guys that I really bothered to put on this list. I swore like Pete Dunne came up around right around the same time as a lot of those Undisputed Era guys because after they got done with the NXT stuff, didn't they like pile right into a feud with British Strong Style versus um, the Undisputed Era? I never got to mention anything about Pete Dunne, but as far as my favorite stuff he's ever done, it's that um, tournament final with Tyler Bate. Oh, it's a Chicago Tyler Bate. Yeah, well, no, he fought him in the final as well. Yeah, but it's like the idea that I think that I think the Tyler Bates stuff, that match was 2016, I think. So that's way before. I thought. Oh, tw- oh, maybe, maybe 2017, that's oh, still well, way He might have came in a little bit before, but like uh, Adam Cole's obviously on my list. If you know me, you know that. But Adam Cole and Pete Dunn are the only people who came in after 2017 that I feel like even warranted a spot on this list. Uh, Wago, what's your number eight? Well, it was already mentioned once, but Tyler Breeze is my number eight. Uh, we good to talk about him now? Yeah. He's all right. So well, Tyler... depends on uh, depends on Callum. Tyler Breeze is not on my list. No, he's so... not on my list either. Okay, so, so Tyler... yeah, let's go with it. Tyler Breeze is the backbone of that roster for a mm-hmm. goddamn long time. Yep. Literally held that roster together like glue. If you needed someone to take a fall against fucking Jushin Fundaliga, for instance, mm. you could call in Tyler Breeze and get Tyler Breeze and get a good match out of him. That dude was available for a main event. Um, he'd fit right into that role. He never felt out of place. Whatever he was, whatever they needed him for, he could do. If they had established the North American Championship when they established the network, mm-hmm. Tyler Breeze would have been the inaugural North American Champion. Tyler Breeze was so good in the early days of NXT, and he was one of the first to suffer by moving up to the main roster and kind of being made to look like nothing but a jobber. Tyler Breeze, I'm glad to see him back in NXT. He's fantastic, and... He's my number 10, but he absolutely deserves to be mentioned in the ranks of NXT's best male performers. If everybody would have agreed that the revival is kind of uh, a hokey pick and to stick with singles, Tyler Breeze would have been my replacement. And oddly enough, I would have put him at number nine instead of bumping Keith Lee up and putting Tyler Breeze at number 10, because then I would have gone with the same justification of Breeze has been there longer. He's been incredibly reliable he would have definitely won that north american title he should have won the intercontinental or something like that like they should not have crapped out on him on the main roster it's crazy that he's not even won a tag team championship at this point yeah it really is big fan of uh tyler breeze um my number seven is pete dunn we already talked about so callum your number seven tomaso champa I got him higher from the list. Yeah, we gotta hold off on that I one. I have him higher as well. Okay. All what right. Have you done, Callum. <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot there's a lot to come still. Robbie number seven. Kevin Owens. I've got him at Norm- six, so I'm okay with not my list. So you, yeah, not didn't, my list. Either. Didn't make my list either. Okay. Well, I think so. Kevin Owens got robbed of a proper NXT run, and that's evident by the fact that these guys don't even have him 
on their list because he comes in in December. I think he wins the belt by February and is on Raw by June, July. Kevin Owens jumps the line very quickly, but he's at one point had Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, and John Cena all feuding with him. So I really enjoyed. All I remember from his NXT run was CJ Parker breaking his nose. And that (laughs) happened too. I mean, look at how good Juice Robinson's doing after all that. You know, I, I think Owens is just... He's a guy who should have been at NXT longer, and I know he talks a lot in interviews about wanting to go back to NXT and do more there, and I hope it happens because they're a perfect fit, Kevin Owens and that brand. See, Owens is this guy that I didn't know anything about, and literally his debut, his first match, I was like, oh, wow, I'm a fan of him, and by the end of the night, I'm like, oh, shit, I really like Kevin Owens because that's when he turned on Sami Zayn. And there's been nobody else that has had that immediate of a, this might be my favorite person on the roster type of reaction for me. And I've consistently been a huge fan of Kevin Owens. He's always one of my top favorites on the roster, no matter what roster he's on. And the entire WWE is one of my favorites too. I feel like he got a short run in NXT because he didn't need it, where he is one of those examples of a guy who comes in and makes the brand look better rather than the brand helping make him look like he's somebody like he felt better than NXT to me. And for him to come in, win the championship, beat Sami Zayn, hold it for a while, uh, lose it to Balor, who was, you know, more than justified to be one of those top talents at that point. And then to go to the main roster, and he carried that championship into the main roster to a certain extent, too, with his whole John Cena feud. I feel like Owens is one of those guys that, like, yeah, you could justify, like, Seth Rollins helped put NXT on the map, but Kevin Owens is a guy that made people go, or at least me and some other people, I'm sure, um, look at NXT and go, okay, this actually is planning for the future. It's not hit or miss it's let's bring people in that are good already instead of working towards being good huge fan of owens loved the Sami Zayn feud they butchered it on the main roster by going over it a million times and then saying last match ever and whatever but this isn't main roster related i loved owens on nxt and i immediately wanted him to come to the main roster already because i loved him so much you know I think he's going to get debated hard on that top 10 list because I don't even consider him an NXT guy. No, he's run. He's run. He's too short on NXT for me to even consider him putting you on this list. He doesn't. Yeah. Like Vega says, he feels like a guy almost like you said, Tony, as well. He was too big for NXT. So we had to move him on immediately. And I mean, that's going to be one of those things. Only two of us have him. So and we have him six and seven. We'll see if he ends up getting placed somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. Wago, what's your number seven? Oh, I'm so happy that he's number seven. 77 never levels. <laughs> <laughs> Not on um, my list. Not yeah, on mine either. I love I have, Nebels. I love oh, Nebels run. Oh, sorry, go on. I forgot about that. I was going to say, I had, I had him at number six, so we can talk about it now. That's fine. Oh, cool. I love Nebels run. Um, we talk about errors. Uh, Neville defined his error. He was a great in-ring performer. He, every time that he had a main event, he delivered. Um, there's not much to say about his character because there wasn't one. 
but as far as in-ring quality and what they were putting out in NXT at that time, he fit the bill perfectly. Neville was my, like, number 13 or so, uh, where I was like, you can't quite make it, but, yeah. I already talked about my number six. That was Kevin Owens. Callum, who's your six? Adrian Neville. Oh, that's right. You just said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just echoing a lot of what I says. I think, again, just not a lot of actual character, but he if NXT was defined at that point in time by just having great matches every single time. The feuds that he had with Tyler Breeze and Sami Zayn and uh, Tyson Kidd in particular, I think he almost revitalized Ty- Tyson Kidd's whole career with their feud. It was, uh, yeah, I just think that he's worthy of a spot on this list. And he was the longest reigning champion for a long time as well. I have... At number six, I almost wanted to have a tie, but I ended up going with Samoa Joe. I almost went with Joe slash Nakamura because I feel like their runs were kind of tied together. But I ended up going with Samoa Joe because I think NXT did a lot more for Joe than the main roster did. And he was a guy who came in and immediately shook up the game because... He was still working Ring of Honor at the time, and he came in as Samoa Joe. He was the first guy to come in with just his indie name. You know, he didn't change it like Owens or Balor. And for the entirety of his run, he just kicked ass. I think he was the first two-time champion. I could be wrong on that, but he was just one of the best that they had at the time, and I feel like his... NXT run has yet to be matched on the main roster. Joe was my number eight, but I'm totally willing of bumping him up. Does uh, he go on uh, your list, Wego, or uh, yours, Callum? No, he doesn't even make my list. I've always thought the match quality actually dipped when Samoa Joe came over to NXT. Uh, matches with Nakamura were bleh. Mm, he had a few matches with other guys which were bleh. So, I yeah, prefer, he... prefer him a lot more on the main roster. Yeah, he hasn't made my list either. I think that his feud, feuds with both Bala and Nakamura, I think, were the worst, one of the, some of the worst main event feuds in NXT's history. And the only things that I really remember for him on NXT for in terms of the good side of things was beating the shit out of uh, Dan Mather and, <laughs> him sh- and him shouting Regal into a microphone. Poor Dan Mather. <laughs> Wigo, you're number six. My number six, I have Finn Balor. He's higher up that uh that I'm gonna put that on hold. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, that Swint snakes back over to me at my number five, which I got a feeling might be on a hold. My number five is Sami Zayn. He my yeah, big hold. Well. Yeah, that's a hold. It massive hold. All right, Callum five. See, I'm cheating a little with this one. I feel because uh, now we've discussed it, I feel like I'm cheating with this pick. You got to say the NXT five or something. Like that. No, I'm going with the undisputed era. Yeah, that's cheating. Oh yeah, that's cheating. You can't do that. Like you can. All right, fine. You, you can I, separate I, Adam Cole and then have the rest of the jabronis. But I could see Fish well, no, and O'Reilly. I could see maybe making a Fish and O'Reilly and Roderick strong thing, but Cole well, got to be separate. Well, that's always part of it. That's always part of it. The idea that like. I wanted to go under Era, but it was a case of if I 
separated them out i almost wanted to put all four on the on yeah. the list in some way because i wanted cole to be obviously up there i wanted Kyle riley and bobby fish because they're just a great tag team i know she wanted broderick strong there as well just because his match quality has always been so good but if i have to go one it's probably just gonna have to be adam cole but he's my number five then and i'm hold gonna it. put him on hold too rob number four or number five uh sammy then hold it so you and I have, uh, we're, we're getting a lot of uh, kind of comparisons on some of these in the middle range, but we're still on hold with Sammy. Uh, Wago, you're five. Bo fucking Dallas. He does not get the respect he deserves. I was I was so close to putting him somewhere on this thing. And I, th- I feel like now that I'm revising it, I almost feel like he does deserve it. But go ahead and talk about him, Wago, because he deserves, he deserves a mention. Not okay, on my so list. They, they take this baby face Bo Dallas. They try and get him over. And it just blows up in their fucking face because of how cringy he is. Instead of just putting the brakes on it, they steer into it, make him even creepier, more cringy, to the point where he's baking cookies for the fans to get them to like him. He was probably the best, one of the best characters they've ever had. And he defined a certain era of NXT. And frankly, it was my favorite era of NXT. His his work is right. I think it it became almost a trend in NXT at that point in time that the person who won the title was a babyface, and during their reign they would turn heel. That happened with Rollins. That happened with Big E. That happened with Bo Dallas. That pretty much happened with Neville as well. So it almost became like the in thing of NXT. Like, hey, we got this new guy, this fresh new babyface that everyone loves, and as soon as they win it, hey, they hate him again. So let's like let's switch up and go with it. But Bo was definitely like the prime example of this. He he would have made mine, and it's like these guys said, he does not get the respect he deserves. But I always thought Bo Dallas was a good glimpse at what they would have done had they just steered into the skid with Cena and just had Cena like, no, you love me. And (laughs) I always enjoyed Bo Dallas's character work. What NXT represented back then was a lot more, I don't know, it felt like it was... The brand was just a different type of brand. It was a completely different show. And I just loved that era of NXT, watching young talent actually, with them having less talent to work with and having to make the most out of the young talent they had. And Bo was just a prime example of what they can actually do when they really have to work hard to do something. Uh, my number four is Bull Dempsey. No, I'm kidding. It's Tomasa Ciampa. <laughs> that was a heart attack for a second. <laughs> I legit tried to think who Bull Dempsey was. I couldn't remember. Goddamn. No, it's Tomasa Ciampa, which uh, we might have to put on hold still. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, he's my number three. I think you're good to go. He's uh, my number three as well. Yeah, let's, let's put on hold a little bit longer. Why not? Um, Callum, you're number four? In Bala. Uh, he's my number three. Anybody have him Anybody at else? two or one? Anybody's got a right shift? I guess not. No. Okay. Do you want to discuss him now then? Yeah. Or do you want to wait until you get to your throat? Because Rob, you have Finn Balor down now, right? Because uh, Rob, you have him at number... Oh, I yeah, that's right. Four. Yeah, four. four. So, yeah, so the, the highest on this is my number three for Finn three. Balor. He's uh, Wago's so six and then four for Callum and Rob. So we might as well talk about him now, right? Yeah. Okay. Well... Until Adam Cole's recent run, he was the long, longest reigning NXT champion of all time. I do, I, and we've brought this up multiple times before, I think that he's overrated. 
in terms of his character and personality, I just don't get the sort of vibe that mm-hmm. they're trying to do, especially since he came onto the main roster. I think his work in NXT, though, was strong. I feel his in-ring work was uh, high enough quality that he was always putting on good, solid matches in the main event. It, they were never super blow away. I don't really, can't really pinpoint like one match in particular. I think it's probably um, that match with Neville we had before Neville went up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. That was a really was, good match. Yeah, that was a really like that's one that stands out to me. But the stuff that he did with the like the Demon King. That's obviously that's just poured over from his stuff that he was doing in Japan. And even though I think at least in NXT they tried to give some sort of semblance behind it, they made it feel like a really big deal all the time. When it moved over to the main roster, I started thinking, okay, but what's the reason for it? Why isn't he doing this more often? But in NXT, at least they built it around the takeovers. They made it a, a big spectacle about his entire thing. I think he's an example of someone who the brand NXT elevated to a higher level than he'd been previously and then when he moves over to the main roster it just all goes to shit that's why but, i had to have him a little lower because he never felt like it felt like the brand made him as much as finn balor made himself on that oh yeah i i agree with that side of things but that's almost why i wanted to boost him up higher is because he actually benefited from being on this brand like this is somebody who the brand elevated to being okay you are a main event level talent you could be our champion and you can be the face of our company for several months if not close to a year. So uh, that's why I kind of wanted to position him as like, this is Finn Balor is an NXT guy. He's not a WWE mm-hmm. guy. He's an NXT guy. I yeah, I mean, say though, his face paint stops being as impressive when he has to fight giant people on the main roster. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with what Carol said. And also the growth of the NXT brand during the time that he was champion, that's when they started touring more and doing more stuff outside of full sale in Florida and I think Finn Balor was a big part of that. And his work on NXT was so solid that he went right to the main roster and won the Universal title. And because he got injured, I think everything falls to shit. But Finn Balor was made through NXT and in the process, I think, helped grow NXT on a global scale. I've got Balor at number three, but I am way more than willing to throw him down some spots because i've always thought that he's been overrated too i thought that the entrance wasn't as great as people were making it out to be i thought that the face paint type stuff was sort of like all right now i've seen it once or twice or five times or ten times it's not anything special anymore he's basically doing the exact same thing that he's done if he didn't it's just that instead of having a leather coat that he opens up he's you know kind of slinking his way to the ring but once the bell rings, he's exactly the same character. He's not, he doesn't switch anything up. He's not like the way that the Undertaker is when he's uh, you know uh, American badass and he's wrestling a different style than when he was the Undertaker with the the Dead Man gimmick or something, or you know a Papa Shango versus the Supreme Fighting Machine uh, comma like they're completely different. And uh, Balor was one of those guys that he could always have a really good match, but. I felt like people went crazy over him and talked about him being like the next big thing in WWE. And to me, his highlights were in NXT. Once he came to the main roster, he felt like an intercontinental champion, not a world champion. Now he's back in NXT. 
Yeah, even now on NXT, he feels kind of forgettable compared to everyone else. Yeah, he came back as this, like, big savior that's going to be, you know, the big main name that's going to help run this whole thing. And maybe it's partially because of COVID stuff, I don't know. But the time frame that he was in there, before COVID even, he wasn't really doing anything. Like, he was kind of bouncing around between different feuds. He didn't stick with anything. And he didn't feel like he was that much bigger of a deal. So... I have him at my number three, but when it comes to the debate side of this thing, I'm fine moving him down to number six, number seven, something like that, and bumping some other people up, especially like a like a Champa. Like I have Champa number four, I probably should put him up higher because I would gladly take any Champa match that we've gotten over the past three years than a regular Balor match at this point. Anyway, way you go, you number four. All right, so for my number four, I have The Revival. So I don't know where everyone else has placed them. Put it on hold. Yes. On hold even still, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, they were my number nine, but... I'm so sad I didn't know that I could <laughs> put them on the list. Uh, well, Ballard was my number three. Callum, here's your three. Here's your bronze Johnny, medal. Johnny Gargano. Hold. Okay. <laughs> Well, he's my two, but my number three is Tommaso Ciampa. So that's, uh, unless Wago's got him at number one. I have Ciampa at number three. Uh, so you both All have right. him at number three. So let's talk about Ciampa then. Yeah, he was my number four, and he was Callum's number seven. Yep. Ciampa's great. He's fantastic. And I found an old post of mine that said, you know, I really like Gargano and the Revival are amazing, but I'm not sold on Ciampa. And this is like back when they were just DIY and they were thrown together in the tag tournament for no other reason other than, hey, here's two indie guys that you might know. And Ciampa became like the dominant heel of NXT. And whether it's been played to death or not, and I think it has, Gargano and Ciampa carried NXT for like, what, almost three years? And their story is just great. Ciampa looks like a measuring stick when he's in NXT, and I just think he's fantastic. Well, sometimes he indulges in the uh, high spot wrestling. As far as Ciampa's character work goes, it's actually on point. Um, I just like the whole package. He's delivered time and again. Um, I think the matches uh, DIY versus The Revival were fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of good shit to like from Ciampa. He, if he were younger and knew what he knows now, he wouldn't even really need to change all that much other than, you know, I mean, I'm sure that they would prefer if he was a little bit taller and a little bit bulkier and like all the other kind of things to go along with that. But like Ciampa is one of those guys that I feel if he doesn't get a world championship, it's going to be a shame. Because, man, he is good. And he's got character down. He's got the ability to have great matches with pretty much anybody. I mean, he's not my absolute favorite in the ring compared to some of the other people. And I feel like some other people are a little bit more trustworthy, especially with the injuries and stuff. But he is a main roster talent in an NXT package. And maybe if he went up to the main roster, they'd screw him up like they did a lot of other people. But I would hope that he would be... Like, this Randy Orton feud that they had teased a little bit, I would love to see that. Champa's so good. 
I know he had said that he doesn't want to do a main roster run, but that was a lot of that because of the travel, and I wish they would have taken advantage of the COVID era and just had him interact with Raw and SmackDown guys because they're all based in Florida right now anyway, because he's so good and he deserves to get in there with Randy Orton and guys like that before he retires. It's a shame that they didn't just say brand split uh, suspended during COVID. Let's just have fun. Like that should have been great. Main NXT is not even that different from the main roster anymore. It got to a point where the products felt different. So him going to another place isn't going to affect him all that much. We talk about guys getting called up and ruined, but eh, they've got the same opportunities now. It just depends on if WWE values that person. Because somebody like a Kevin Owens, he's done well. But you take like a Tyler Breeze, and they clearly didn't see him as being anything other than a mid-carder. So you put him with the bigger names on Raw and SmackDown, and suddenly he sucks, you know? So if you would put like a Ciampa on Raw and make it to where the most that he can do is beat somebody up on main event, then it's not worth it. But he's my number four. Uh, they get rid of the porn music, take him to Raw Underground, he'd fit there. <laughs> uh, I'm willing to move him up for sure. Um, but my number two is, way goes number 10, Adam Cole. Um, he's my number one, but I don't see a reason. We can't talk about that right now. And uh, Callum has him at number five. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about him right now. Why not? Cole is, uh, they said it all the best. Uh, if he were a little bit taller, he'd be universal champion. Cole's got great mic skills. He's the head of the Undisputed Era, which is easily the best faction that NXT has seen. Arguably the best faction that's been in WWE over the past few years. I mean, the Shield and the New Day are really the only ones that can give it a run for its money. They're holding this division together. He's been the longest running champion. He can have a great match with people bigger than him and people that are the same size as he is. I don't even like his finisher. And yet the end of every single one of these matches still ends up being something kind of fun huge fan of Adam Cole. And if without him, the undisputed era is just fish and O'Reilly and a tag team and strong doesn't even get in the mix. I think Adam Cole has been said to death at this point, but if he was just a little bit taller, he would be main eventing SummerSlam this month. Like he is that good. When you have Shawn Michaels and Triple H telling you, and telling the world, this guy is our Iron Man. He can do whatever we need. I, there's no higher praise. And the Undisputed Era, every time we think they're done and it's time for them to get called up, they stick around and they continue to be part of the glue that holds NXT together. And on top of that, longest reigning champion, first North American champion. He's got the accolades. I had to put him at the top of the list. Any other thoughts on uh, Cole? Yeah, I think he's incredibly overrated. He's smaller than uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and has less talent than than him, too. Look, I'm not going to say the guy doesn't have character. He has it for days, but high spot wrestling is the fucking worst, and he's one of the biggest offenders of making it bleed throughout the entire roster. I can't stand him. He's honestly made the entire brand unwatchable for me. I... 
I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying unwatchable, but I do, I do kind of echo similar sentiments to that point. Cole has great personality. He's a great talker. He is great in the ring as well. I don't want to just take that away from him, but his run as the top guy on NXT has coincided with me falling not sort of out of love with NXT, but I definitely don't feel as strongly towards the brand as previously did. And that's a variety of number factors. The fact that it has gone live, the fact that it does seem to echo a lot of the stuff that you're seeing on the main roster nowadays, the fact that AEW is there and I think provides a much better product than NXT. And so, yeah, it's just all of those factors have kind of combined to me just thinking that Adam Cole isn't really as great as people make him out to be. Hmm. I would like to take back my 10 spot and give it to Jushin Funder Liger out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, you're number two. Sami Zayn. So he was my number five. He was Rob's number five. And Wigo, do you have him on your list? You can Hoyle, though. Yeah, uh, let the record show I have so much respect for Callum. Oh, yeah. I'm, I know what I'm doing with my, my, my first take. <laughs> But if you want to wait until Wagos gets around to his number one, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, you know what? Might as well wait for then. Um, so, Rob, you're number two. Johnny Gargano. Ding, ding, ding. Me too. Uh, he is my number one. So, I guess since it's the fact that it's your number two, your number two, and my number one, we would sneak around to it anyway. Let's talk about him now. Start it off, Rob. Why not? Uh, Johnny Gargano is Mr. NXT. Uh, Ciampa says he doesn't want to do the main roster because he's afraid of, you know, travel and injury and stuff like that. Gargano just loves NXT so much that he doesn't need a main roster in his mind. And everything he's done has shown just how much NXT can be. Like, when they did the May 2016 show, they called it the end of the beginning and how they were going to turn it into more of a super indie and I think Johnny Gargano is the payoff of them turning it into a super indie. Johnny Gargano is the, he's just the guy for NXT as far as baby faces go. I don't love him as a heel. They've done it twice yeah. now, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a heel either. Like his current character right now leaves much to the imagination. And I don't even know what they're going to do tonight, but it's another one of those uh, dinner with the Garganos type things. But. As a babyface, he is the Daniel Bryan of NXT, and he's the first, I think, um, to win all the belts. He is the easy pick for me as far as the most consistent, best in-ring performer, because he just had this string of Cole, Ciampa, Andrade, and anybody else, really, at that point, for like a good two years, it seemed, whether he was in a tag team match or a singles match, every single match he had was just phenomenal. He represents the performance center uh, coming up to a point where you can really just get behind him. Like he's not just some, some random dude who decided to sign with NXT. He goes to the performance center, and then he leaves that type of thing. Like, no, I, if they were to put Johnny Gargano on the main roster and make him the next Daniel Bryan, I would be totally fine with him being the underdog going into WrestleMania winning the title. Huge fan of Johnny Gargano. I couldn't put him anywhere but number one. For the while, Johnny Gargano was the only babyface that WWE really had. They had all these babyfaces that just got shit on by the fans, and Johnny Gargano was the last babyface they had. 
and he really won me over. He's works great. Again, I'm not the biggest high spot wrestling fan, so not all of his shit's great for me. But it's hard to deny that he very much is like that Daniel Bryan character. He uh, always had fan support him, and that's hard to do these days. So to finish our top tens before we go into our super list of the this top ten, Callum, you've got the revival at number one. Yes. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> See, there is one distinguishing feature between the revival and everybody else on my top ten list, and that is they were nobodies before NXT. Mm-hmm. Everyone else had indie backgrounds, and you could say like how how far they went in that sort of side of things but they all had names coming into nxt they were all people say oh it's a big deal neville's coming into nxt or sammy Zayn's coming el generico's coming into nxt or kevin owens or like finn balor or prince devitt is coming in like it's all like okay these guys have some sort of track record behind it these guys were mechanics that was literally the mechanics, <laughs> yeah yeah the mechanics oh, coming rough. in coming into it losing squash matches to mojo rawley and bull dempsey as a makeshift tag team and they just built such a rep based on the fact that they were just the greatest tag team on that brand and i've always held like there's so many great things about nxt but i've always held the number one best thing about nxt has always been the standard of its tag team wrestling and the fact that it restored faith in me in tag team wrestling when wwe had pretty much ground it into the dirt it's like this doesn't matter this is a side show we just do it because it gives i don't know it gives the champion someone to beat in two and one handicap matches whereas the revival just absolutely were just such a throwback was such a just just a, a master craftsman master craftsman of like tag team wrestling they just did all the things that you just needed to do to have a great match psychology off the charts when they first won the tag team titles i was hesitant because i didn't know who these guys were but they just built up such a rep through those matches with american alpha with diy even with stuff they did like aop and some other teams like the vaude villains when they first won it in the first place they were just for a good solid year and a half two years like they were the standard bearers for the tag team division i think tag team wrestling in nxt for me has always been a cut above what they actually do in a single side of things so that's why i had to put them at number one uh, if I had known that I could do the revival, they probably would have been number three or four for me. They they're the best tag team. Like Callum said, restored faith in tag team wrestling. They are the most pure wrestlers you can get. And I love watching them in AEW just shitting on the fact that nobody else cares about the rules of tag team wrestling or anything regarding it because they're just old school guys, and I love them. Remember when Scott Dawson had a? Good. I'd go ahead and say that they're the best tag team WWE's come out with in the last ten years, easily. Twenty. Do you remember when Scott Dawson was paired with Alexa Bliss as just aren't these people Southern and quirky? Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that other stable? There was a because they were the mechanics, and then there was something called Shoot Nation. Who was in that? I forget. That was um, Andrew Dawkins and Ty Dillinger, I think, was Shoot Nation. Really? I didn't. I knew Dawkins because he does have that shoot background, but that's surprising. 
Or was it so um was it the uh, the madman whatever his name is Sawyer now Fulton, Sawyer, Fulton. Sawyer Fulton yeah I think it might have been yeah, Fulton yeah, and uh, Dawkins uh, shoot just, nation weird it's just it's just the fact that I think that the reason why I'm putting it is like just repeating the, the fact but just they're a, they're an NXT product they weren't somebody who'd already built up a rep on another circuit like they are they embody NXT because out of the list of all the people we really mentioned they're kind of the only ones that they've actually developed. The rest of them were already ready-made. They could have gone straight to the main roster in another era. But the NXT was just there at that point. So I was like, oh, okay, we'll just move you over to here first. I'd argue that Gargano and Ciampa couldn't. I don't think that they, they were big enough names. Maybe, maybe not. You but, just don't pay enough attention to indie wrestling. Yeah, um, they're, That they're could be true, too. I, I think Gargano's closer to that side of things because he was only wrestling for... He wrestled for like PWG and like Evolve and things like that. But Ciampa had quite a bit of a reputation on him. Yeah, and ROH. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I just didn't know. I mean, I had heard like El Generico. I had heard of David. I heard of Cole. Like the you know, oh, they're definitely but, a step down, but they yeah. were prominent. Yeah, just like, but nobody had ever heard of Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Yeah, they <laughs> got Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. What kind of names? Uh... I kind of missed so... that era of NXT though. The like, let's take the nobodies, like the Blake and Murphys of the world, and let's make them worth watching so just before we do our our list out of the nxt men i'm just gonna very 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 quickly because this is actually longer than i thought that we were gonna go um i, I had some other people that i was like debating about like I, I thought about putting neville on there i thought about tyler breeze thought about american alpha actually um cesaro tyson kidd tyler Bate, roderick strong ricochet matt riddle enzo and cass AOP, Andrade, Aleister Black. I had a, a lot of people that were on there. Shinsuke Nakamura. But to me, um, it looks like we have a, like a lot of the same people. There's pretty much out of our possible 40 I mean, options. Missing, I mean, you're missing uh, some. You're missing, a yeah, discussion, you're missing an important discussion yeah. on one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, you forgot about uh, Wago's number one there, bud. Yeah, we haven't then we already We haven't talked about Sami Zayn at all. I yet. thought we already did. Oh, well, then Sami Zayn's number one for Wago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we already talked about Sami Zayn. <laughs> We go d- d- talk about it for like 10 15 minutes just to make t- tiny punch. <laughs> <laughs> so, my favorite part, <laughs> everything out now. Sami Zayn is my favorite guy that NXT's ever um, established. Uh, a lot of people were saying, Oh, we should still have the mask. I remember early on, but El Generico wouldn't have worked in WWE. Uh, he ended up making he, en- he ended up being like one of those guys that were through state. Let me read. Uh, okay, <laughs> you are going to take the, 15 minutes of it. Yeah, right? He ended up being one of those guys that were like in every era for a while. No matter what version of NXT there was, Sami Zayn was the constant and he always delivered. Yeah, yeah Sami Zayn's yeah, great. Uh, yeah. he, he is very much in that Johnny Organo kind of um, range of exactly. like that underdog type of guy. You can really get behind. He's like the baby face of the brand kind of a thing. Great matches, worked with a lot of great people. The Cesaro feud, really good from early days. The whole feud almost made me put Cesaro on the list because that was uh, what got me into NXT. Yeah, Cesaro was like one of my like, standbys as well, mm-hmm. just based off the strength of that feud. And the his match with William Regal that he had, like William Regal's final match on NXT was with Cesaro. So, oh man, okay, maybe I do get rid of Adam Cole and put Cesaro on there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, Sami Zayn's great. I don't know how they 
managed to turn him heel and not make him just like a modern day Ricky Steamboat babyface. But I will be talking about that in the women's side of things. He's as well. fantastic. <laughs> so here's how this has to kind of work. Uh, we have to look at our lists. I have everything up on a spreadsheet. Obviously, people listening to the podcast, whether you're listening to us on uh, the the podcast only feeds, like the audio only things, or you're on YouTube. I didn't bother to put this up on YouTube as far as being like, um, you know, like something visual for you to see. That no, it's just going to take too long to edit. But the um, we have our lists, and we got to kind of figure out the super list that comes all of our lists together. And we agree on this. And if we're looking at the placement of certain people, we got to go by the rankings and common uh, themes. And, you know, if this person's on everybody's list, it kind of gets higher up than what somebody is. If they're not on everybody's list, that kind of thing. So if you're looking at this, one of the things I think we need to address is, I've got Gargano number one. Two people have Gargano at number two. One person's got it at three. Nobody else has any consistency like that. I think we have to say Gargano is number one. I don't know. Maybe, split, maybe split the difference, make him two. I don't know. I, I think I think he's the one who's consistently near the top, and I, I don't have any problem with the, the, the numbers there. The, the, the math makes sense to me. It doesn't feel right, but I guess. Now... I've got Adam Cole at number two. Rob's got Adam Cole at number one, but Callum's got him at number five and Wago's got Adam at number 10. So realistically, despite the fact that I've got Cole at number two, he pretty much can't be number two. He's got to be lower on the list. I'm just so, here to fuck up Adam Cole's score. The fact that all of us have Adam Cole on there means he's got to be a part of the top 10. So I'm going to put him up on the side for now. Uh, Callum's got Revival at number one. Uh, I've got Revival at number nine. Rob doesn't have him on the list, but that's also because he didn't know if that would be, you know, like uh, worthwhile to put them on there or if that had to be singles. And Wago's got Revival at number four. So it's, it's almost kind of in the same range as Adam Cole. Uh, one on the lower end, some on the higher middle type of range. So Cole and the Revival are definitely getting up there, but... I don't think that they would necessarily be number two either. I would think, based off of this, it would need to be either Sami Zayn or Tommaso Ciampa. Because Zayn's number one for Wego, number two for Callum, number five, five for two of us. So that's that's a one, a two, and two fives. Meanwhile, Ciampa is two number threes, a number four, which I was like, you know, I'm perfectly willing to bump him up. So it could be three number threes. And a number seven. How would you guys rank that? To me, that kind of seems a little bit like maybe Sami Zayn goes above Ciampa, and then Ciampa's number three. Yeah, I'd have Sami two and Ciampa three. Yeah, that, that works for me as well. All right, All right so Sami Zayn, number two. Tommaso Ciampa, number three. Then it seems like we're either going Ballard Ad- seems to be Adam Cole or The Revival or Balor, because... There's really nobody. I mean, everybody, if you look at our top four, it's essentially Revival, Gargano, Ciampa, Zane, Cole, Balor. So we already knocked out some of those. It's it's almost got to be either Finn Balor, Adam Cole, or the Revival. I, I think number four should be Balor because he's more consistently around that area in terms of where we've put people, whereas Cole and the Revival are a bit up and down. Yeah, because so, Balor is... Yeah, I agree. 
three, yeah. four, four, and six. Yeah, so all right, Balor number I, I, four. I think I think based on numbers, it's Balor Cole revival. Yeah, I yeah because Cole has because Cole has a one and two, so I think that he should be higher. They should be higher revival. I don't agree with it, but that's what we've got in the numbers. Why? Yeah, I'm with you. Revival's way better, but it is what it is. Yeah. So that would bump Dan down to number six. That means we we got seven, eight, nine, and ten to figure out, and the ones that are on the list still to to sort of sort out. We've got two votes for Kevin Owens. We've got uh, two votes for Adrian Neville. We've got one vote for Bo Dallas. Dunn. We got. Uh, I think actually everybody has Pete Dunn. At I've oh, got really? yeah, I've got him yeah, at number seven, and everybody else has him at eight or nine. I think so, he's the only one that we ha- that we have totally across the board. So I think he by he default should go number seven. Yeah, he kind of yeah. has to because Samoa Joe is only two. There's only two for Keith Lee. So yeah, so that by that rationality, Pete Dunn would go next, mm-hmm. and then then we're looking at um, there's one or two votes for pretty much everybody that's left. There's there's only one vote for Andrade, so I got a feeling Andrade's not making and that. And he's number 10. Yeah, he's number 10. Yeah, yet. so we can yeah, take Andrade out. Seth Rollins getting on there because he was my number nine. He's the only one there. Yeah, there's two votes for Breeze at 10 and... Let me make eight. this a little bit smaller. Uh, 10 and 8 is what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's not making much of a case to get up to number seven if he's you know uh all right number eight we're at number eight not not number seven um doesn't seem like that would make a whole lot of sense to me uh there's the highest up i think out of the rest of these that would be would be maybe bo dallas for the one vote oh, actually is there only one vote for bo dallas yeah 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 yeah, one vote. yeah okay, you're so. uh, let him down you don't yeah. believe I, I, I do feel bad. I do feel slightly bad about that, but not bad enough to change my mind. Didn't think he could be a number ten though if he is that high up on Wego's list. Like uh, I wouldn't rule him out entirely yet. Like the the Andrade thing. Um, so there's two votes for Owens at number six and number seven. There's two votes for Neville at six and seven. They're essentially tied. Tyler Breeze is. Eight and mm-hmm. ten. Keith Lee six. is eight and ten, so they're pretty much tied. And then it's Samojo is six and eight. Well, that kind of points it out, isn't it? It's it's going to be Owens, Neville, and Joe. Yeah, but it kind would be. Of, yeah. it, so, I, I, I think that at that point, Samojo number ten, and then it's just a debate about does Owens go above Neville at eight and Owens nine, or does Neville, Neville above uh, Owens? That's, that's a long- I think for pure longevity, you have to put Neville ahead of Owens. I can agree with that. More, he's more significant to NXT. Owens is a bigger star outside of NXT than he was in NXT. You know, even though I have Neville not on my list, and other people have Neville in the same spot and all that, it's it's kind of fifty fifty. I I could make I could see the the justification that Owens is more of a main roster guy. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you Adam Cole over the revival. You can give me, you can give me Neville. Over That's Russia. true. All right, I'm. Besides which, most of Owens's NXT title work was on the fucking main roster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that straight part of that. So, so that would mean our super list of the NXT roster at so far is number ten Samoa Joe, number nine Kevin Owens, number eight Adrian Neville, number seven Pete Dunne, 
Number six, The Revival. Number five, Adam Cole. Number four, Finn Balor. Number three, Tommaso Ciampa. Number two, Sami Zayn. And number one, Johnny Gargano. That's a hell of a list. I think that's a great list. We agreed on more stuff than I thought we would. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's a good encapsulation of the best of NXT so far. So that's uh, that's one of our lists. <laughs> it went longer than I thought. <laughs> oh, can we take a piss break? We are going to take a little bit of a break. We are not going to hear it on the uh, the podcast feed. Um, we're, but we will take a momentary break. We're not going to hear Wego pissing on the podcast feed. No, we're not going to pull a naked gun here. Oh, that's, and have an the, the pay, that's an exclusive for the <laughs> Patreon. I w- should do a little plug right now in the meantime for that Patreon, just because we're in the middle of transitioning segments here. So yeah, if you would like to hear Wake Up Pity, I guess, I don't know. No, if you want more of these kind of things in the future, we would like to do more of these. But if you're liking that, I kind of like how this is working so far. Uh, but in the future, we're not going to have three big lists. If you want us to do like the next top rope list we do, instead of making it like a top 10, maybe we do a full on top 25 and it gets to the point where the rest of like the full episodes on Patreon or something like that. Something to think about in the future. But if anything uh, that you know from the Patreon side of things, a dollar and up all means a lot. $10 gives you access to the Patreon exclusive Darkcast episodes. There's the Pick Your Poison tier where you can request some kind of a special feature. So if you like these top rope lists and you want us to do more, and you are waiting patiently and you can't be patient anymore and you want us to do that, then take advantage of the Pick Your Poison tier. I will talk more about that in a moment. I'm going to let Wego go take a pee. I'm going to uh, save our recording here to make sure that we don't lose anything like that. And we will be right back in a second. So welcome back. You probably just heard us say, we'll back back in a second. So uh, there we go. We're back. Look at that. I didn't lie. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this. We are continuing on here with the women's section here. Uh, remember, of course, like anything else, drop a comments below and tell us your thoughts on our list, your list as well. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. If you haven't done that already, ring that little notification bell as well and hit the like button on the video. Show that you like this because the more that you like it, the more that we will do certain things like this in the future mentioned the Patreon, but I'm going to very quickly throw out a plug there for the Patreon as far as smart gun moment uh, stuff. It's also applicable to Fanboys Anonymous. That is the sister website that deals with geek culture topics. So even though movies are not really a thing anymore, it seems the way that COVID's going. If I have any ideas about video games, TV shows, comic books, video games, I already said video games, uh, movies, anything like that, you're going to find on fanboysanonymous.com. So if you want more of that, Hit up the Patreon for Fanboys Anonymous. Do the Pick Your Poison tier. Request some kind of a fan tracks audio commentary or something like that. Or a podcast about something. Or maybe you want Rob and I to do that whole like uh, discussion about best Batman villains or something like that. I don't know. Just uh, keep that in mind. Follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts at Smart Moment. Just going to blow through these uh, things right here. <laughs> Why not? And check out the merchandise shops on the TeePublic and Redbubble for Fanboys Anonymous, A Mango Tees, and Smart Out Moment to pick up a t-shirt or some stickers or mugs or phone cases or whatever it is you're interested in. Lots of products, lots of designs that can go on those products. Hopefully you find something and you like it. Just browse the catalogs. Anyway, plugs out of the way. We talked about the men's division for a full hour. You should know how this works by now. We don't need to break that down anymore. Now we're on to the women's division. And I'm going to start with my number 10 here, Tony Storm. You're good on my end. Yeah, not on my list. Good for Wego too? My mute button got stuck, but yeah, I'm good. 
All right. Uh, Tony Storm, I will say, is not the uh, craziest best pick in the world. I am fully willing to not have her on the list when it comes down to the fact that it's only one person. But I kind of figured I didn't feel like there was a strong enough other candidate to put on there. And she was kind of, even though she wasn't the champion for the longest, and now Kaylee Ray is actually going to be the longest. Kind of crazy. She is sort of the reason why NXT UK exists for the women's division. And if she would have been on the regular roster, I feel she would have been champion by now. Uh, she's great in a lot of ways. Big fan of her. Callum, you're number 10. Well, Tony, I have a question for you. Do you like bubbles? Oh. They're okay, uh, but she's not on my list. <laughs> Do you like gum as well? <laughs> what kind uh, of gum? <laughs> if you like this uh, this gum joke, by the way, I'm not going to say exactly what all the gum's about, but if yeah. you are, there's a t-shirt for it. Go ahead and pick it up. No, not, Emma's my number 10. My good to go? You know what? Right. You know what? I was, I'm going to make her my number 10 too, because it easily replaces the one I had. See, I was torn between choosing either her or Io Shirai, and I actually ended up going with Emma just because of her longevity of NXT. I like, even though the original gimmick is just so indie, and it only would work in an NXT environment, and as soon as it went onto the main roster, it died a death, and... I don't blame WWE for that. I blame the gimmick not working for a more mainstream audience. But she was a lot of fun. She, Alongside Paige, she really kind of emphasised that NXT is a place. If you actually want to watch people who can seemingly wrestle in the women's division, then you go watch NXT. You watch Emma and Paige have matches, and their matches were good. They had this sort of... Um, what's the opposite of a bro? What's the female equivalent of a bromance? Essentially that sort of thing, where they were kind of... They were kind of friends, but they also were rivals over the championship, and that was good. But I also want to bring up the fact that Emma went back to NXT as a heel, and I think that she did some of her best work there as well. The relationship that she had with uh, Dana Brooke, their partnership, and I'm not going to repeat what Tony said in chat, but we're going <laughs> to we'll move on. Um, but uh, yeah, I also she had that uh, match with Asuka in NXT Takeover London. And that was the first match where I kind of went, okay, Asuka's going to be something special. And I thought Emma played a really good part in like getting her over originally with that first initial feud. So, yeah, I, I think Emma's worthy of a place on this list for me. She almost made the list for me, but she didn't. Is she on your list at all, Rob? Nope. She, all right, just, so. made, she just made mine at number 10 because I forgot all about her until Callum mentioned her. Exactly. Who, uh, who, by the way, did you have at number 10 that you're bumped off? Um... The uh, fucking, wow, I just forgot her name already. Uh, Shirai, uh, the fucking uh, pirate <laughs> princess. Kyrie? Wait, you're still you not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, who's your number 10? Paige. Uh, she is a uh, hold. Yeah, put a hold on that. So my number nine is, so I'm looking at uh, the revival. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong thing right here. So, my number nine yeah, is, Kyrie, well yeah. is uh, Kyrie Sane. Old. Old. All right, Callum, number 10. Or number nine. <laughs> I know how to count. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. Not on my list. I think you might be good. I just... I think that she really gravitated towards the NXT fan base. They really seemed to just love her so much. She got she never won the championship, but she got plenty of opportunities. I think the original alignment with 
uh, original alignment with Sanity was a lot of fun as well. But I, I just I think that she was just a bundle of energy in NXT, and I enjoyed pretty much every segment that she was involved with. So that's just kind of the reason I want to put her in there. There's again, there's not the hugest pool to choose from. Again, yeah, Shirai's doing great, but I think she's still got a lot of room to grow. I didn't really think too much about putting Ember Moon on this list at the moment, just because even though she should have been a bigger deal, I just she left me a bit cold in terms of her NXT run. But Nikki was always just a bundle of energy and a lot of fun to watch. So that's why I put her on the list. My number nine is Becky Lynch. Listen, I don't think we can discount what... Well, hold on. Is that a hold for anybody? She is my number seven, so that's not too far off. Uh, you can talk about her now if she's not higher up on anybody else's. Calm. She's not even on my list, so... Oh, uh, well, yeah, she was kind uh, of in that uh, range wait, for me. me. Becky on your uh, list any higher? Yeah, she's she's higher up. All right, All so right. We'll, we'll put Becky on hold at least for now. Uh, Wago, who's your number nine? All right, for my number nine, I've got Paige. She'd be higher if I could chop out her vocal cords. She is uh, uh, still on hold for me. Yep, same. So number eight for me is Rhea Ripley. The exact same for me. Exact same for me. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> you want to make it a four uh, quartet? We go, or is uh, Ripley higher or not on your list at all? Where you go? You, I got a shortcut <laughs> for my mute and it would not respond. I normally <laughs> click control and M and it just did not want to do it today. I don't know why. But yeah, I've got real Ripley in the exact same spot. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay, so we know who our number eight is. And less said ends up being where she needs to go higher because anybody else, it's weird. You know, could be end of it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if we're all Rhea Ripley number eight, I mean, Rhea Ripley is the first NXT UK Women's Champion. She is the one that beat Shayna Baszler. She was doing fantastic until they decided for some reason to just have Charlotte Flair beat her at WrestleMania for no fucking reason. Right now, she sucks compared to what she was doing before. She went from like high potential to uh i don't know to uh you know not that bad to wow she's the next big thing to what the fuck why are you screwing her up so that's yeah, why she can't well, be higher but she she could be number one at some point i agree with that completely yeah, yeah she just has a presence about her which stands her above a lot of the other women in nxt especially nowadays and yeah, the, the ceiling is pretty much limitless for her on that brand if they actually use her correctly. And especially if they were to move on to the well, Raw SmackDown, she could be, elevate both of those sides as well. So yeah, she's just a great all-round performer. She's got a really unique look. I gravitated to her straight away. I think she's um, a really unique talent. And maybe when I see more from her, I'll be willing to put her up higher. Well, that's an easy round. Uh, my... Becky pick was number seven. Um, she's higher up on, I think, Wigo's list, right? Yep. All right, so we'll still keep her on hold. Callum, you're seven. Charlotte Flair. Uh, hold. Yeah, higher for me. Yeah, for me. So, uh, Robbie. seven is Bianca Belair. Not on my list, unfortunately. Not has a name on either. So I kind of took the same approach that Callum did with the revival and that. Bianca is developed strictly from the performance center. And there's a couple of women on this list that are developed in the performance center, but Bianca knew nothing about wrestling and did the Mae Young Classic, has 
you know, shined on NXT. They have not done nearly enough with her on the main roster. Uh, I want her to go back to NXT. The hair gimmick was completely over, and I'm surprised they never made her women's champion. But yeah, she would be my number seven. She's great, but the fact that she didn't win that title and then she moved to the main roster kind of killed her for me on this list. Who's your seven, Wigo? Amber Moon. I always thought she was a good hand. I liked her look. Really liked her finisher. Not on my list. No, not mine either. Not mine either. Any other thoughts? Or is that She's it? fantastic. I mean, they've. I never thought her NXT run was as stellar, but she was also coming in right off the back of the four horsewomen leaving. So she had a lot to live up to in that regard. Her matches with Asuka were amazing, but Asuka's Asuka and can have a great match with a broom. Yeah, See, uh, they, I... they killed her with that Asuka thing, though, for me, where it became like the story was, can she beat Asuka? And then the definitive answer was no, but we want her to be the champion. So Asuka's going to leave and vanquish the, uh, relinquish the title. And then Ember can beat other people to win it. To me, that was like, okay, she doesn't matter as much to you then. Yeah, yeah it totally time. killed it totally killed her momentum, but I still really enjoyed the run that she did have. She didn't even I hold mean, it I, that long. Like she I think she lost it on like her second defense or something to Shana, well, right? Well yeah, it's yeah. the idea that like um she couldn't win it from Oscar. They had two fantastic matches, and then as soon as she became champion, she was immediately overshadowed by Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Just unfortunate. Speaking of which, my number six, Shayna Baszler. Hold. Oh my god, hold. Same. I'm surprised to put that on hold because there are so many people that are like on this list that I'm like I would no, have put not. I would have put Shayna <laughs> higher no, and at the well no, see there's... there's people that are we haven't talked about yet that like that are on hold that I'm like, you know what, like no. Okay. So uh, we have different opinions or something. When I say <laughs> say when I said the same, I don't mean hold, I mean the same as you. I've got her as number six. Oh, ah. okay. Um, I'm, I'm saying hold for that. Okay, yeah. well, well, we'll hold her. Uh, Callum, you're six. Kari Sang. That's my number six as well. So she is uh, nine for me and not on Wego's list, right? I <laughs> <laughs> just kind of assume. <laughs> Whenever there's a, a dead silence, I'm just going to kind of assume. Uh, yeah, so Kyrie, uh, she's lower on my list, but you guys have her at six. Go ahead. Uh, why, why should she be higher? She beat Baszler, first of all. I mean, the, that Baszler was untouchable for a while, and Kyrie's one of the only people to beat her. And then, you know, she won the Mayon Classic, had tremendous matches in NXT. She's just a great example of, you know, actually utilizing a foreign talent. Imagine that. Yeah, but, but totally lovable baby face. She did. She had such a great run. Her matches with Shayna Baszler were great. I think she really helped cement Shayna Baszler by just putting on such quality matches with her. She, being like quite small, she was easy to someone's like for a big heel to throw around. But she was so like I don't know how to describe it. It's like she she was hard hitting because she has that Josie background. So she didn't seem like she was ever out for, or she didn't seem totally outmatched when she was facing other people. I think that her winning the NXT title and having it in the little treasure chest was such, such a brilliant gimmick. Five stars. Yeah. Just for um, that alone. I think she would have got over more if Bruce Pritchard dubbed her. 
Oh my god. <laughs> and and I just think that let's put it this way, if they'd have started with these two as the women's tag team champions, her and Io Shirai, we probably would have a completely different perspective on how worthy the NX the women's tag team titles are to be in like the spectrum of t- championships they have right now. Because they were the best women's tag team mm-hmm. that I have ever seen. But but then again my my scope is limited in that regard. So we know that somewhere in the top five you Shirai's popping up for her account. No, 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 I've um no she's not on my list. Oh well. I said I said I said she was between it was between her and Emma for number ten and I went with Emma oh, That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bumped her for Bianca, but she was very close. EO will get there eventually, but she's not right now. She's I'll, she's growing. I'll say already, even though Kyrie Sane's my number nine, I'm more than willing to bump her up a little bit more. I don't think I'd put her above Rhea Ripley, because to me, Kyrie's title reign was pretty quick and it was just sort of Baszler, Kyrie, Baszler, and it's almost like it didn't happen in some ways to me. But um, yeah, I, I could see her bumping up before Becky Lynch, if that's being the case. Depends on where else we're going with her. Um, so we're Shayna and Kyrie, 50 50 split on number six there. My number five is Sasha Banks. I have her at three. I don't know if you want to talk about it right now. Uh, higher hold. There, we're going to go on hold there. Callum, for your five. Paige. Uh, she is eh, still kind of on hold a little bit for me. Okay, okay. Really? Oddly enough. Yeah, that's that's kind, kind of weird. But <laughs> Rob, your number five? Charlotte Flair. She, she's my number four. Any higher for you guys? Or for Wega? Yeah, I've got her higher. Alright, so we'll keep her on. Oh wait, hold no, then. I got her no, I got her number four as well. Ah, okay. Then let's talk about her now then, why not? Again, Charlotte. born well, and born and bred in the performance center. She's gone on to do just about everything other than, you know, beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania for a world championship. Charlotte Flair is what NXT is meant to do. She's the reason the four horsewomen exist, too. And she's the reason they have that name. She's the women that the uh, <laughs> reason that the women's revolution and all that, I think. I don't think WWE would have gone through the effort of actually going through that big of a push for this idea without it being Charlotte. I, I disagree. I think, I think Ronda Rousey's UFC run was going to oh. put us there anyway, but Charlotte Flair was the perfect homegrown talent to spearhead that Rhonda's the reason why they thought that it could work charlotte's the reason why they thought that it could work in wwe and i think it I, had more to do with uh, aj calling stephanie out publicly on twitter but... <laughs> that, that's well, the yeah. thing to make them wake up you know but i, I think that have... if it wouldn't be and it for to be fair it would if it wouldn't have been for bailey and sasha for uh the takeover match that they had that's a reason to get the fans on board but i feel like without charlotte they would still have been like, mm, I don't know if we can really go in on this and that kind of thing. I, they love Charlotte so much. And we got to, of course, rank her in NXT, not the main roster type of thing. So that makes it to where she's not like number one in my mind. But I mean, she I, was. I'd rank her higher if I could fucking stand her, but I can't like not admit that she's great. She's a very, in, very talented in ring. I just don't really like her because she's overdone. And part of the reason why I put her down at number seven is the fact that her NXT run is completely overshadowed by what she did in the main roster. I don't see her as an NXT, even though she started in NXT, I don't see her 
as even an NXT grown talent, really. She was just too set for the main roster already. I can I can understand that. I think I put her at five because she didn't have as much of a breakout run in NXT as you would think, but her contributions and what she proved the performance center could do still put her in the middle of the road. I couldn't see her being less than five. If she's got two fours, a five, and a six, she's hovering seven. around that number five range or so. <laughs> or number seven, seven. that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that's Sasha, Paige, Flair. Wago, who's your number five? All right, so for my number five, I have Becky Lunch. Uh, specifically for her little jig that she used to do. That was real fun. So she was nine for Rob. She was number seven for me and... Is she uh, higher up on yours, Callum? Or... No, she's not, she on ma- not on Yeah. So, Becky Lynch, another one of those, like, I really almost didn't put her on this list because her NXT run wasn't all that memorable outside of the fact that the Fatal 4-Way match and the singles match with Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver, Unstoppable. And that was the match where I knew they were going to start taking women's wrestling seriously in WWE. And because obviously she went on to main event WrestleMania and all that, I figured she deserved a spot on this list. You're taking women's wrestling serious in WWE? Could have fucking fooled me. <laughs> she, 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 the reason why I didn't put her on the list is the fact that she was the, the redheaded stepchild of the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do anything of note in NXT besides that one match with Sasha Banks. The rest of it, she was just Sasha Banks's bitch. And that was basically her character until she broke away from that. And then she became Charlotte's bitch. Gonna, let me clarify that statement because that sounds horrible without context. Um, the reason I say I don't think they're taking it seriously is that it felt like it was something they could trot out for woke points. And now that the buzz over it's gone doesn't really feel like the women are as important as they were. Becky's uh, not higher up on my list because she never won that title. If she would have done that, I'd have bumped her a little bit higher, but I'm already thinking that she might be closer to that 8, 9, 10 range or so yeah. on this list. But my number four is Charlotte Flair. Um, Talking about her. Yeah, I mean, do you want to add we already, anything? We already talked about her, so that goes to Callum at uh, your number four. Sasha Banks. So she was my She's number five. Number three. She's Rob's higher. number three. So we still still higher enough for uh put our own hold when it comes to Wago. Um, Rob, your number three or four? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey yeah. is a hold. Yeah, I want to hold her as well. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not necessarily. She's a hugger. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I took it. That's why I said all instead of like, oh, hey there. Like, you know. <laughs> so, Wago Scott, Charlotte Flair, number four. Uh, you're oh, back around here. Number three for me is Paige. Now, this is way higher up than I thought that I would put her. It's higher Too up high. than everybody else has. She's 10 for Rob, nine for Wago, and five for Callum. But to me, even though I don't want to sing Paige's praises too much, that would have been a real good uh, tongue twister if I wouldn't have said that right. Uh, she really was the first woman that 
changed the idea of what that whole thing was about when it comes to NXT. She put on better matches than what we had with most other people. She was easily better than Emma in the ring. She didn't last the longest where somebody like a Sasha or a Charlotte or whatever did stay in there longer. But I mean, she kind of put that division on a different level and didn't even lose the championship. She won the Divas championship on her first night and whatever as the champion and relinquished it. Like that's pretty strong to go out like that. I think a lot of people owe the NXT women's division to Paige in some ways. Clearly she's not going to be number three, but uh, I think that she's more than willing uh, to be higher up than a number 10 or so. I think you watched that movie a little too much and got high on her. Movie was like a C. <laughs> it wasn't really all that great. Oh no, you said it was okay. I'm not going to watch it though. It's okay in the sense that I went into it expecting it to be god awful garbage, and I was like, eh, not that bad. But no, there's it's not winning any Oscars or anything. Well, it's already passed by. But hey, nothing's winning any Oscars. Movies don't exist anymore, so it's just one of those kind of things. But no, I mean Paige did a great thing in NXT. And on the main roster, she she had some decent stuff, and then she kind of got all, you know, horrible career injuries and stuff like that. But the future was never brighter for Paige than when she was the top of NXT. Yeah, I think that that all makes pretty much sense to me. I haven't couldn't put her up that high in my mind just because I think other people took the baton from her and ran with it a little bit further. But she's clear that she sent, set the benchmark for the early NXT. Like, this is what the women's roster can do. And we need to build on this platform that you you and Emma and a couple of other people were kind of setting for us. And yeah, she went on to... She's one of the first real NXT breakouts to really then hit onto the main roster and immediately make an impact by winning that championship immediately. And yeah, you can look back in that time and just feel like, okay, this this wasn't as good as maybe I remember it especially now that we have a lot of other great matches to kind of fall back on. But at that point in time, this was almost revolutionary. It's like people were just looking at it, wow, these divas can actually wrestle. Because mm-hmm. like, what they were getting on Raw and, Raw and whatever was the Bella Twins and Eve Torres and Kelly Kelly. Hey, don't you dare disparage the good goddamn name of Kelly Kelly. Name <laughs> so nice you said it twice. Yeah. It'd be funny if they would have, like, the original name was Kelly, 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 and they were just like, that's a little too much, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> Callum, you number three? Shayna Baszler. So she was already on mine. She was already on Wagos, both at number six. Uh, Rob? Uh, she's my number two, but I guess we could talk about her now. Uh, we've got right ahead with Shayna Baszler. Then. Uh, I just love everything that, that Shayna Baszler stands for. She's just, she was so different from any other woman on that roster because she would just beat the shit out of people. She would have no remorse about it. Her character work is fantastic. Her even work in comparison to her character work is actually a bit lacking, but she had people around her that could elevate her own work. She's obviously a brilliant submission specialist. She would just, it, whenever she came onto the screen in NXT, she just owned the entire room and would just, take control of the entire situation and she had a crew behind her who can't seem to get anything done outside of being associated with Mm. Shayna Baszler. That's where she got points deducted from me because, man, that whole 
thing was so frustrating. Like, how many times did we get, like, the three of them attack somebody in every segment for, like, four months? But that's kind of ironic, because she was in the Four Horsemen, Ronda Rousey's, or Four Horsewomen, and she was always the one that couldn't do anything. Well, always, lo- always lost her MMA fights. Really? Yeah. But then, yeah, but then she translates so much better onto the wrestling side of things than anyone besides Rousey actually did. The yeah, other two just haven't, haven't cut it to it. I think she, I think, well, she's better, she's a better wrestler and she's a better character than Rousey was. But it's just that she's not Ronda Rousey, so she's not going to get as pushed as heavily if she came back. But I just feel like, especially seeing it now, just how she's being portrayed on the main roster, it's just such. They, they a, don't know what to do with her. Yeah, they... yeah, it's such a departure for me. It's just mm. she was built so perfectly in NXT, so I kind of feel she has to. I want to hire up there just because of how NXT elevated her to the top and made her the standard bearer for the division for a good, solid, almost two years. I'd say. Wego has talked a lot about high spots wrestling, and Shayna Baszler is the ground and pound reality on a show that's completely high spots wrestling and she's legitimate. You look at her and you just see legitimacy. Basler taking somebody's like a uh, arm and pretending like she's like snapping it is one of the best things that's been in the women's division in NXT ever. Like she knows how to work that idea and NXT Basler is leaps and bounds so much better than main roster Basler. It's almost like two completely different people. I agree. And it's not her fault. WWE. Wago, you're number three. All right. So for my number three, I have Charlotte. Sorry, uh, Bailey. I already said Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey is number four for Rob, number three for you. She uh, is. Yeah, I'm going to say put her on hold. Oh, okay. Because mm. my number two is Asuka. That's my number one, obviously. <laughs> but, um, that's Calum, my number... I imagine that's your number one. That's my number one as well. Okay. Oh, my number two as well for Samus Tony. So we got... Let's let's bounce around a little bit then. We know that we've got Asuka is number one or number two for all of us. It's pretty much going to guarantee at this point that she's pretty much going to be number one. Uh, so we have a missing spot for my number one. I'll just flat out say it. My number one's Bailey. Uh, Callum, we're missing Callum's your number, number two. two. Is Bailey? Yeah. Is number two and Wago, you're number one. Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. Sasha Banks. Hmm. Yep. That's my gimmick. What the fuck? So we got Banks, Bailey, and Asuka to talk about. I guess we can kind of lump Banks and Bailey together because they really kind of, uh, yeah, you know, they they kind of depend on each other a little bit. That match at Takeover was one of those things where that really, I think, won a lot of people over for women's wrestling in general because that was a phenomenal match, easily one of the better matches that's ever happened in NXT. As far as I've seen, WWE book women's wrestling, it peaked there. I it's think so WWE different. Acts- like it peaked there too when they talk about it. It's such a different thing than what they're doing on this main roster thing. You hear me bitch about it all the time, but man, they keep wanting to go back to this and they keep not doing it. And they know because the the strength of what their NXT feud was that if they keep going, maybe they're going to feud, wait another year that people will go. It's at this point, it's been like two and a half years, literally been like two and a half years because they started teasing this before. I think it was the 2018 Royal Rumble. It's just insane. 
But that's just because of how good that feud was. Because they had, they're in the Four Horsewomen. Banks is so bitchy. Bailey is so lovable. They've got this rivalry, this almost kind of friendship rivalry thing going on a little bit in some kind of weird ways. They weren't friends, but it was almost like this respect kind of thing. Hence, takeover respect out of all of it. It's uh, it's hard not to get behind these two, but the reason I have Bailey higher up than Sasha, I've got Sasha at five and Bailey at number one, is I feel like Sasha was the vehicle to get Bailey as opposed to like if they would have gone with Charlotte and Bailey as that story, it could have worked too, but you needed Bailey for it. You know what I mean? Banks and Bailey is a perfect example of. Let's not pull the curtain back too much. Let's just have the girls go out there and be characters. Sasha's, you know, the badass who has the money. Bailey is the lovable baby face. And really, I would argue almost both of their careers peaked at that moment. Even though, like, yes, Banks has gone on to, you know, make history and break ground in so many ways. First Hell in a Cell, first... Uh, that even their Iron Man match, like yes, that's historic, but that takeover match basically said you can't deny women's wrestling anymore. Like they are the main event. They had a much better match than that. Was it Balor and Joe Balor and Owens in a ladder match? They could have gone on last in Brooklyn and nobody would have complained. You know, I mean, that match alone is the whole reason that. NXT's women's division is praised and there is a woman's evolution and it's so good like Tony said that they're just not even putting it on the main roster because they know we haven't totally sullied this yet they haven't fought on a pay-per-view we can still do this and still make it special but it will never capture the feeling of Brooklyn five years ago that whole match everything everyone felt like they were a part of something special it really was just the perfect build the perfect payoff and i haven't seen a women's match deliver on that level and capture that much emotion since i was supposed to be in the crowd for that i really regret not being in the crowd for that one oof that sucks not not that she's a absolute just perfect start to finish sasha's heel work and that entire thing her being so cocky and brash and vicious and baby just selling just being the perfect baby face the high spots they pulled off it wasn't a high spots match but when they did pull the things off it just added to the emotion of the entire match and yeah that crowd reaction everything surrounding it just was perfect and even though the respect match that followed it the iron woman match was not at that same level it didn't have to carry the same level of emotion it's still as a mechanical match was still great as well these two Mm. just have electric chemistry together and it's well there's there's two things one i don't know why they haven't gone back to it yet on the main roster and just have kept them together for so long and but we've spoken about that to death so i don't want to repeat it too much but i don't think there's a bigger indictment on wwe's booking in the past however many years you want to look at it in having to resort to turning bailey heel absolutely great point how can you not make Bailey the top baby face in your entire company? I know NXT is a smaller environment, but that sort of just organic, natural baby face can translate on a grander scale. It's just, it's just something that should just fit. And 
can work properly if you treat her correctly, but they just completely wasted her. her I, knew she was, I knew she was fucked when Babyface Bailey was getting booed on Raw. I was like, oh yeah. no, they've screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, once you get into that situation, it just shows how, at that time, NXT just knew how to treat Bailey because nobody... You always get these points where somebody, when they're babyface champion for a long enough time, people do start to turn on them. And I think maybe by the time she was facing Oscar, there was a little bit of that creeping in. But she'd been maintained as the top babyface for a good solid two years, whatever. She just wouldn't needed a slight character change or a slight other feud lower down, and she could have been rehabbed completely. But that's just the the way things have ended up going. But Bailey and NXT was just the ultimate babyface. So my character. I'm going to kind of jump ahead and then jump back to this, I think, because I think we got something going on here that this is kind of standard a little bit. Uh, the way that Bailey is number one, two, three, and four, and we've got Banks as one, three, four, and five, whereas Asuka, we've got one, one, two, and two. I think we kind of can already jump ahead and save a little bit of time. Asuka's number one, Bailey's number two, Sasha's number three. Yep. Yeah, that seems to fit. So then let's talk about Asuka, because we didn't talk about her yet. Uh, she's the number one pick. She is my number two, but she's number two for Wego and number one for everybody else. And it's really tight for uh, Bailey and Asuka for me, too. Asuka's the, the most dominant longest reigning oh i think shana might have beaten her overall shana beat her. yeah shana beat her in terms of length but but like asuka just straightforward dominated she became goldberg for nxt she's great in the ring she's fantastic in so many ways she's just she she had to be number one or number two and i'm a hundred percent down for her being number one asuka and triple h just told this story on after the bell when Vince said, hey, we're doing this women's thing, I need your entire roster, he said, if you leave me Asuka, I'll be okay. And Asuka did wonders with the NXT Women's Championship, so there's not much more can be said about her than you can build a whole division around one person. And that's how good Asuka is. Yeah, she's effortlessly charismatic. She's fantastic in the ring she makes everything look realistic she's just a great somebody you could just like draw into she played heel and babyface and she seemed to just divide between two during her time in nxt even though she was but she was always over she was nxt's goldberg and i know i don't want to live in a world where this is the case but the frankly we live in a world with this case if she was american she'd be the top female star in the entire company especially yeah. if she were blonde <laughs> yeah, Let's be honest. But, it, but if she was American, she wouldn't be Oscar, right? Yeah, exactly. But I know, I know, and that's that's the thing about her, which makes her so special. Which makes her such a nigga. That's the reason why she is continually pushed on the main roster, even though basically anyone else in her, I don't want to say like detriments, because it's not detriment in the grand scheme, detriment for WWE side of things. But based on their history, they wouldn't have. They would have buried her six feet under at some point. And they did for a little while by having a feud with like Carmella over the title and things like that, but and lose to Carmella. But I just feel like in NXT, she's I think she could go back to NXT and she's just the queen there. Yeah. Still Charlotte's gimmick. But yeah, but she, she is the biggest um I think for a time she was the biggest drawer in all of NXT. 
Fosca were uh, to steal the queen gimmick and turn into a white blonde woman, what would her name be instead of Asuka? <laughs> would it be like Alicia Alice. or something like that? Yeah, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> well, Asuka's number one, Bailey's number two, Sasha's number three. Now we start getting into where we've got four votes for a handful of people. Rhea Ripley's lower on the list, so she can't be there. Paige is kind of all over the place. I have her at number three, but plenty of people have her much lower at number nine and number 10 and number five. So... She can't really be number four over Charlotte, I would think, because Charlotte's more consistent as two number fours, a number five, and a number seven. I would say Charlotte, number four, and then maybe Shayna. Or actually, Shayna's a little bit higher. I would put Shayna. Shayna, yeah. Shayna, yeah. Shayna over Charlotte. Yeah, Shayna's got number two, number three, number five, number six, I think, or no, two, two number sixes. sixes. Yeah, yeah. So Shayna, and then Charlotte, and then I would say probably Paige. Uh, yeah, yeah. That then seems... that actually bumps up Rhea because at that, that point bumps Rhea from the eighth spot to to, to number seven. Yeah, because she's the the next person who's got the most amount of votes and all consistently number eight. So she gets bumped up a little bit, and Kyrie very nipping at her heels at uh, two number sixes and a number nine would have to go in next for sure because she's got three votes. And then Becky, and then Becky, and then Emma. I would think right. Because um, the only only vote bleh, only one vote for Nikki, only one for Tony, and, and every, only one for Bianca. Only one for Bianca, and Wego's got the same. Oh, uh, only one for Emba. Emba, Ember. Mixed Bianca at the end of that, and Emba. So one vote for Ember, Bianca, Nikki, and Tony. None of them reached the same level as Emma having two number tens. So. Look at that. That's an even quicker thing. We got Asuka number one, Bailey number two, Sasha Banks number three, then Shayna, Charlotte, Paige, Rhea, Kyrie, Becky, and Emma. Which takes us into the final round here, the overall master list. Now, this we're not going to do side by side, do uh, number 10, number 10, number 10, that kind of thing. This is going to be just very quickly breeze through, and then we're going to go our uh, debate round. So, to go from bottom to top when what I did for these was uh, I went with my um, let me see if I can transpose this the right way. My number 10 ended up being Sasha and then going up from there Sammy, Ciampa, Charlotte, Paige, Balor, Asuka, Cole, Bailey number 2, Gargano number 1. Callum, you want to read yours? Uh, what you yeah, got for there? Yeah, from 10 up to 1. So Adrian Neville at 10, Sasha Banks at 9, Adam Cole at 8, Shayna Baszler 7, Finn Balor 6, Johnny Gargano 5, Bailey 4, Sami Zayn 3, The Revival 2, Asuka 1. I've got Zayn, Charlotte, Balor, Bailey, Sasha, Baszler, Champa, Gargano. Asuka and Adam Cole. And we go your... Uh... Alright, so I've got Finn Balor, Bo Dallas, Charlotte, Bailey, Asuka, Sasha Banks, The Revival, Ciampa, Gargano, Zane. Uh, go a little bit... <laughs> uh... Went too fast for you. <laughs> yeah, way too fast. <laughs> Wait, is uh, what... Balor, Dallas, who's number eight? So I've got, uh, after Dallas, a Charlotte. So Flair, okay. Bailey. Bailey. Asuka. 
Ask him. Ask him. And uh, Sasha Banks with the revival. Revival. Champa Gargano Zane. Champa Gargano Zane. I don't know why my uh, my copy paste is not working on this. Uh, technical difficulty when it comes to that. That's as technical of a difficulty as me saying Ember. <laughs> Ember. Random ass accent. So let's go with uh, comparing the two master lists that we had done with the other things, though. Um, you know, we've got Johnny Gargano at number one and Asuka at number one. And based off of this, I've got Gargano at number one. Callum's got Asuka at number one. Uh, the next highest up would be an Asuka and a Gargano. So we're kind of split on that one. Gargano's on tough. at three, but we don't have an Asuka at three. So I think Gargano's number one. Yeah, because Asuka's number four and number six. So yeah, Johnny Gargano. And then it's looking Asuka. like probably Asuka would be there. Yeah. Uh, then we've got, because we only have enough room for the 10. We can't fit all 20 of these. So, I, I mean, guaranteed we're not putting Emma on there. We're not getting uh, Becky Lynch, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we've got Sami Zayn. We've got Bailey. We're kind of in that range. Uh, let me put this over here. See that? Look at that. That's efficiency. So we've got Cole up at the top. We got Zayn at the top. We got Bailey around there. We got Revival. That's kind of all over the place, but that was our previous type of list. So based off of this, Sami Zayn and Bailey. Um, I'm looking at Bailey up there. One, two, three, and four on that. So Zane. Zane's kind of they're kind of all over the place a little bit, but it looks like there might be more votes for Bailey higher up overall. Zane's got a number one, Bailey's got a number two, Sammy's got a three, Bailey's got a four, two Baileys, four, seven, and then a nine and a ten for Zane. Kind of seems like Bailey number three, Sammy Zane number four. I'm good with that. Um, let's see here. That takes us to Champa and Banks. Let's see. Champa's got that. He's got that. He's got that. And Champa's not on all of the list. He's not on my top 10. Yep. He's not on my top 10, yeah. He's a three, a four, and an eight. Whereas Banks has... Where is Banks on here? She's Banks a 10, is... a nine... Uh, seven, six, and five. Doesn't help um, that I typed Sasha in sometimes and yeah, Banks and some other things. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's only three, right? No, she's on four. She's on no, four. She's on four. Oh, she's, there, she's, she's on four. So Sasha would go above Champa then. Yeah. And the rationalization could be maybe somebody else goes above Champa though. Um, if Balor or Shayna would be higher up. Uh, well, Balor's on. All six lists, all four lists, sorry, so. So he's there more than Jumper is. But but then again, it should be really... pretty low, right, on some of our lists. Balor's a uh, number 10, a number 8, a number 5, and a number 6. So he is on four lists, but he's kind of all over the place a little bit more so than Champa. They're sort of, uh, they're making like a point kind of thing between them. They're all kind of all over the place. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think it's fine going Champa and then Bala. Well, if Champa was higher on our list, on men's list anyway, we should just put Champa first. Yeah. 
Yeah. It should be it should be based more around the two lists that we put together rather yeah, than the, the two master one. lists. Yeah. So, so yeah, Champa next and then Balor. Well, I think, the other justification is even though Shayna is lower on the list than Champa, there are two separate lists. So we, depending on where Shayna is, Shayna could go above Champa. Well, Shayna's not on not on yours or Wago's list, so she probably won't. She probably wouldn't be considered. Yeah, she's not on my master list. Oh, that's right. She yeah, isn't on my either. Yeah. So then Champa, and then it's either Balor or uh, Shayna. Which Balor? Uh, Balor. Balor. Why am I talking so <laughs> yeah. weird? Baylor uh, yeah. yeah. is definitely above her on that. So then it becomes it's then either Cole Ballard, or Shayna. Shayna Cole. Well, Cole's uh, on both yours. Well, it's on three of our lists, which means she goes ahead of Shayna on that. He goes ahead of Shayna in that regard. On our master list, should really. So mm. I think I think it should be Cole and then Shayna. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Just based on what it is. Looks like that might be the case, uh, Sheena. And then we have one more spot. It needs to go to either Charlotte or The Revival, essentially. Which, uh, The Revival is not on my list. Charlotte is. The Revival oh. is number two on Callum's. And I Charlotte Charlotte's not on there. On Rob's, there's, there's, there's Charlotte. They're super close on both master lists, too. Like, one of them's five and one of them's six. Mm. So there's there's two for revival. There's three for Charlotte. But Rob so, also has the handicap of the fact that he would have yeah. put the revival higher up if he. Yeah, if I'd have known that we were putting the revival, I probably would have had them. So it kind uh, of depends on where Rob would have potentially put them because Shayna or Charlotte is seven, eight, and nine out of three of these lists. Revival is one two job, and four. Well, Tony didn't make it clear that we could. Right. Well, basically, the revival goes on this list if Rob would put them at least at number eight. If you would have them at nine or ten, there's more of a discussion to have with Charlotte being there, but revival is higher up on Callum and Wago's list. If I would have put the revival on my master list, they would have been probably in the number seven slot. I probably would have knocked Sami Zayn off of it. Revival's uh, got also like a really high ranking with me and Callum. Like he's four yeah. and two. I think Revival goes in. That weighs that a lot I think higher. That's totally fair. So yeah, Revival. And the, you know what? Look at that. They're the tag team representation of the whole thing. So, <laughs> so that makes our master list of the top ten NXT superstars of all time so far ever. Prior to NXT Takeover. 30 prior to NXT tonight. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> maybe tonight ends up being like, oh man, Kushida, best ever, is that kind of thing. Who, who knows? That means that our number 10 is The Revival. Our number 9 is Shayna Baszler. Our number 8 is Adam Cole. Our number 7 is Finn Balor. Number 6 is Tommaso Ciampa. Our number 5 is Sasha Banks. Our number 4 is Sami Zayn. Number 3 is Bailey. Number 2 is Asuka. Number one is Johnny Gargano. That is okay with Johnny Gargano being the number one of the overall master list. I think that this list makes a lot of sense. It's a shame that some people can't get on it, but that's a top ten. Not everybody can get on a top ten. Only ten. Well, technically eleven. Adam, <laughs> Adam Cole could be lower, I guess. Uh, you know, no Charlotte, no Paige, no Rhea, no Pete Dunne. But like, hey, you know. We got a lot of juggernauts Pete in this. Sad Pete Dunn didn't make the list. He would have been, been next up, yeah. 
he would have been he would have been one of the next ones up. It would have realistically been Flair, and then probably, well, based off of the master list type of thing. I mean, it probably would have been Page or Dunn. Kind of depends, but probably Dunn, I guess. Oh, I would have voted for Dunn over Page. So yeah, I mean, uh, we've we don't need to make a top twenty-five out of this. We've already done this way too long as it is. It's the two-hour yeah. podcast. Uh, in the future, top rope lists will be one of these, not three of these. <laughs> That's for sure. Now we know that we, this is uh, goes on long enough that we can get the full discussion out of it. That's good. I was a little bit worried that it might just be sort of, uh, you know, this one's uh, Bianca and it's, it's for this reason. Okay, move on and that kind of thing. But we know we've got it in there. At least there's good enough discussion for that. I think we've got a hell of a list. I think we got a hell of three lists, to be perfectly honest. Great discussion. I can't. I thought this was really good. Thumbs up on my end. Any other thoughts you guys got? I'm pretty tired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense so i did all my plugs pretty much essentially just follow everything on smart out moment check out all the things happening on the website and on the youtube channel subscribe to it if you haven't done that already check out fanboysanonymous.com for all those things happening there follow me at tony mango follow me uh follow me <laughs> I just said that. Follow everybody else on their social media platforms. I guess I'm tired too. Uh, let's go around here. Might as well go in the same order we were doing with this whole thing. Callum, go ahead. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Wickermeister14. Check out all the articles on smartcamoment.com, all the weekly stuff, including the power rankings, my weekly contribution. And of course, make sure you're tuning in on Saturdays for the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast where me and Rob go back into the year 2002, review the SmackDown episodes that Paul Heyman was the head writer of. And if you are signed up for the Dark Cast here on Patreon, you should pretty soon be getting the review of Global Warning, the show WWE did on in Australia from uh, August 13th, 2002. So make sure if you haven't signed up already, if you do want to check out our review of that, then sign up now. Yeah, and you can uh, check me out on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. Check out WrestleZone.com and Fightful.com where I am regularly working and doing news. Check out the WrestleZone Daily podcast Monday through Friday on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I was on the Rest Friends podcast. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, That was a great discussion with Aridine Piero and Teddy Chavez about AEW and just all things wrestling right now. And yeah, that's it for me. Wego. All right. You can follow me at Stephen Wego on Twitter. I'll have links uh, posted and pinned up there in the coming week uh, with my new channel that I'm making with my wife, where we're going to be streaming over on Twitch. Still trying to find a name that isn't fucking taken. So there'll be more information on that later. Stephen and John play games on Twitch. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's really nice and slow, simple. <laughs> yeah, you know, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's the main event for this week. We still have the hot tags coming up on Friday night after all the TV show stuff is all taken care of. And then you've got that dark cast to look forward to, as well as another episode of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast. And then we're going to roll back along into next week's list of things to get into, which is going to be the two pay-per-views. So two editions of the pay-per-view point predictions, two editions of the pay-per-view point post-show coming up for NXT TakeOver 30 and for SummerSlam, which may or may not be at the Performance Center or elsewhere or both with people in front of it or not or around there or maybe. <laughs> oh, we'll talk you know, about it on the hot tag. 
The uh, the tagline is "You'll never see it coming." I said before, it, "You'll never see it." Maybe who knows? But uh, we, you know, we'll kind of carry along this as it goes, and you'll find out what happens when it happens. But if you just follow everything that's happening on here, you'll see it popping up on your feed whenever it does come up there. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you will stay tuned for whatever else we've got coming your way. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!